0: mm <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Hangin' a Baggin' podcast. My name is Ron Nesty from the Arcada Theater in St. Charles, just outside of Chicago. And we are broadcasting live with two of the top drummers, legendary icons in the business. First, we'll bring their brothers. That's right. We're going to bring the little brother on first. Uh, love this guy from Dio, from Black Sabbath, from Last in Line, my bunny, Vinny Appice. Hey,
1: Ron. Congrats. Congrats. Congratulations on the nice backdrop. That looks good. Well, you know,
0: I got my intros. I got everything. You know, I got everything that we wanted uh, it done. But thanks very much. Uh, uh, yeah, it's so nice. You know, we you guys must be really afraid of Bruce because both you and oh. Caroline were here five minutes early.
1: Hey, Bruce is a tough one. You got it. I don't it? know, man. I don't know. How you been? How was your week? Man, what you been up to? I'm good. I'm good. I did a whole bunch of uh, videos for. Uh, uh, my drum company, uh, Sawtooth Drums, and I just got back on my, when did I get back? On the weekend, so yeah, everything's Never good, up. keeping busy, Never playing these drums, recording, doing all sorts of stuff. So, Have
0: you been in, in, in touch with the Last in Line guys a lot?
1: Yeah, actually, we did our first uh, show, one of these kind of things, yesterday at 4 p.m., and uh, it was really good, it was really funny, so we're going to do it. Next week, again, at 4 p.m. on uh, Wednesday. And uh, then we'll do it probably every couple of weeks, yeah.
0: Well, what, when you say it like this, you mean it's like an interview show, or are you guys playing music?
1: No, no, no. <clears throat> it's all just us four talking, and we got to take questions from the audience and stuff. And How cool funny. is
0: that? I'm definitely going to tune into
1: that. So that's Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern? Wednesday, 4 p.m. I don't know. The link will be on our sites and stuff. And uh Hi, Betty Ann.
0: <laughs> you know, you're saying hi to these people. Some of these people, hi Paul. Paul Camino. Uh, Paul was there. Paul Camino was there. You know. And uh, people, you know, Betty Ann is on every week. Hi, Betty. Betty. You're being such a great, great uh, supporter of the show. Hey, Betty Ann. Bring, yeah. Let's bring our big brother. No, no, no. Nah, nah. We have to. He's an icon. Uh, that's what he keeps telling me. I know. What else did he tell me? Say, yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> he tells me that too.
1: But,
0: but for years, right? And you would be nothing without this man. I know he says that every <laughs> week. But from Vanilla Fudge, Rod Stewart, Jeff Beckett, so many other people's lives, he has touched careers. To the microphone, to the television camera. Come on, hey,
2: hey. Carmine says the name wrong. A piece. I know. He says it hey, wrong. Uh, I don't know. We got to out Should check out my Facebook. There's a funny bit we did with the name some guy recorded uh years ago, but I, I can't give it away, but it's on my Facebook. And so uh, why are you I so uh why are you so blingy this week, Carmen? Well, I thought I'd wear my some of my old stage gear today, my retro <laughs> sp- stage gear because I got oh my, my God. I got my new lights and I thought I'd be a little sparkling. Okay. But and, you, got you know I got drumsticks because I know Bruce is going to have a guitar. See, so. Yeah. I'm excited
0: about this guy. Once again, every week we keep going, you know, just to the top level. This guy, a guitar player extraordinaire. He's been around for a while. Obviously, with a lot of projects, including he was in Kiss. We're going to talk about that. Currently with Grand Punk Railroad. Let's bring him to the microphone, Mr. Bruce Kulik.
3: How you doing, Bruce? Hey, guys. Hey,
1: How's Bruce. Man, I'm
3: Welcome. In the same room with all this talent, it's killing me.
2: I love the <laughs> lights. I love the
3: lights. Yeah, the lights awesome. are cool. I know. A buddy, of mine hooked me up. And Ron, big, big shout out to you with that T-shirt. Holy moly! I, I yeah. have, hey, this is a double.
2: This is a grand funk. I, and I know group. what
3: it is. I think you got a copyright <laughs> infringement from Gene and uh Don. <laughs> Brew would probably not be very happy. Either. Wait, did you make Did you make
2: that up? Did you make
1: that up? Yeah, man. Oh,
2: of course, of course he man.
1: Did. He's selling them. He's selling them. Yeah.
0: I've sold <laughs> 10,000 of them so far. So far. I think, Gene, I have yeah. a problem with that. <laughs> you better call your lawyer. Yeah, I know. All right. Well. No, um, I, anyway.
3: I appreciate it. I do. Okay. Uh, I you know, know.
0: thank yeah. you very much for being on this show. Yeah, Bruce, oh, no. yeah,
2: Bruce he, he does that with all the acts. Everybody we, we have on, he has their shirt on.
0: Well, it's in, it's in, a, your, it's case, a, in yeah. your
2: case. In your case, too. It's it's a a good hybrid. thing I wasn't a guess. you wouldn't have enough room on the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what?
0: I mean, no, I my, that's how lucky I am, though. I mean, I say this; it's getting cheesy, I know, but I feel so honored to be a part of this whole thing with these two icons, these two icons oh, and legends. Yeah. But you know, Kiss, Grand Funk Railroad, two of my absolute favorites, and you being a part Thank of both—it's an honor to meet you, Bruce.
3: Thank you. Well, you know, I, I really do have a lot of history with both of these uh, yeah. Italian drummers. Yeah. I, I'll never say the name right because I'll piss off of one of you guys. You know? <laughs> yeah. But Carmen and I go way back and, uh, yeah. and Vinny and I, we I, both have worked together. And if, and if I could, actually, it's real ironic. I, I meant to tell you, Carmine, a few weeks back when we connected again, I found that tape of us. I recorded you and I and ton, Tony Franklin jamming. You know, for uh, that yeah, 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 you know, Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I,
3: I found yeah. that tape, too. OK. And let me tell you, I it was, was good. really impressed. OK. It and I loved it. And we were just winging it and just jamming ideas that I had and just improvising yeah. and some things that everybody came up with. And of course, the material was totally wrong and not not accepted. And then it went balls yeah. up anyway, at least on my end. But I really do want to tell you, I, I thought that was like really fun to listen to again after all these years. It
2: was great. I listened to it recently as good, well. And good, I said, good. I'm glad you wow. have it. I said, yes. this stuff is good. When was I know, that? I Where, always revisit that, that was going to be the Rated X uh, band with uh, Joe right. Turner, me, uh, Bruce, and Tony. And then, what year? Uh, what year was that? 13. 13, 14, oh, uh, okay. around there. because. And then Bruce, we wanted you know commitment so we could all tour. So Bruce couldn't do that with Grand Funk, so it's kind
3: of f- faded it away. Was very weird. I was the only one honest, honest enough to say I'm not leaving Grand Funk to go say I yeah. can't play for two months during the, the summer. No, you know yeah. what I mean. And yeah, and, and, sure, and sure. I know Brewer appreciated that, Carmine, and yeah, and course. we know who didn't. Uh, you know, uh, Joel and Turner. Joel got and real. Turner,
2: yeah, what do yeah. You know. mean,
3: you're not and then yeah. in the end, I don't think I think you guys did like uh, a video and no gig.
2: No, because the uh, the guitar player we got, uh, Cochran. Um, yep. Carl had the stroke. Carl, yeah, uh-huh. Carl had, had a stroke just as we were finishing the tracks.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, exactly. and that
2: was the end of it. And then we were going to do tours, and then, you know, it just didn't, know. Work, out, you know, hey, it didn't uh, work out. But hey, I'll tell i tell you what, it was a good record. No, no, and I get what it. We, what we did was great, you know, sure. as well.
3: I had a nickname for the band, the Fococked. <laughs> no, go ahead and Google that in the Yiddish dictionary. Okay. <laughs> That's the the me, I'll okay? ask Leslie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. And Vinny, <laughs> um, I miss you with the camps. I'm I know. Really incredible. We've done super corporates together. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so many amazing fantasy camps that I, I'll never forget. Uh, I haven't been able to do many recently because of my schedule, um, but. I yeah. have fond memories of all of them, even when I would foolishly yell at you, you know, and you'd yell <laughs> back at me, of course, you know, as, as Italians and Jews usually do, okay? Hey,
1: we, yeah, we kicked up the pressure and made it yeah, a lot yeah, better. Exactly. All that but better. The awesome end. There we are. There we are. Working. Yep. Fantasy Working our ass off. Yep. <laughs>
2: it's just about the- I know
1: that
2: one. Oh, that's a
3: good shot. There you go. Very superstitious. Uh,
2: I better not say that. We'll get an infringement.
3: Yes. Yeah, right, right. Well, you know, it's you guys talk about.
2: Riff. You talked
0: about that. I I want to go back a little bit because, you know, we were part of that whole jam thing, that that tape that you guys had found that you guys talked about. What was the highlight of that jam session, the memory that you guys take away from it? Because it sounds like something we would love to us. Well, me and
2: Tony, I mean, the one with Tony and me and Bruce? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I can
3: tell you mine. I mean, for me, I know that I had some ideas. I remember a few of them. Some we just came up right there. We just started jamming. But I'd have an idea, and I literally felt like Tony read my mind. You knew exactly where we were going, and then you would either take it to the next place. It was just crazy. Yeah, and then we suddenly just uh, – I swear, I know. It. You have the same tape I do. Yeah. You stop, Carmine. You go, no, pick it up right here. And we just fall right back in like we've been right. playing together for right. 30 <laughs> years. It blew my mind. I'm telling yeah. you. it was so. Great. And, and I remember yeah. being so like, they don't like any of that. Oh, boy. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because really? I thought we had this – Super group trio stuff going on. So. Yeah, was, anyway, well playing with Tony. Tony is like I was oh talking yeah.
2: about Tony today. You know, Tony knows how to play where you, it just saves the groove, and then he goes so far out and he comes back to the groove. The groove, you realize how far out he went. You know, with that, Absolutely. With that, it's, it's but he song. keeps it
3: together. You know. I
2: love. playing with Tony. Yes. Yeah. When we and did I get some was
3: guys, awesome. fretless guys, guys sometimes scare me because. Yeah. You know, they they're, they also have like their own vibrato because the, the notes aren't yeah, precise. he he's just he's at the top of the heap. He just is. And period.
2: what about you played on my Katatsu sound with Tony?
3: Oh yeah, yeah I had fun with one. that. Although yeah. we that didn't, was great. it wasn't improvised as much. I just got it came in and played. We weren't. Yeah rocked. yeah yeah. But yeah, I
2: but but did was, try uh,
3: that. But it was there the go, uh, right, right behind Dweezil. Uh, I like that. Oh, and Ted There New you go. And Ted Nugent.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. We're, gonna have, we're gonna have 10 on this show uh coming in the coming weeks
0: yes that'll be incredible
2: yeah. hey um
0: you know uh, obviously you're, you're with grand funk railroad now uh since who was it uh, uh since 2000 20, this is our
3: 20th year we just finished our 20th year yeah
0: yeah but not only did you just finish your 20th year it was also just recently grand funk railroad's 50th anniversary how cool yes. that's work?
3: You know, I mean, look, for me, I wasn't there in the beginning, though I was aware of a lot of it. I was. (laughs) Years. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah, they opened up for a vanilla fudge. Fudge. (laughs) Your name comes up plenty, believe me. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) backstage banter, you know. But uh, honestly, uh, uh, you know, great musicians. I mean, all we really do is show up and, and, and play that music and have a good time, and people really enjoy it. So it's really been one of those great... Gigs where I don't have to stress much, except about maybe, oh, we have to drive an hour after the show, or we got to, you know, uh, you know, where am I traveling to, huh? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So that part Beautiful. of it I never really liked. Who, who's but, singing? You know, who's so singing? So Max Carl is the singer. Oh, Max, Max
2: big Max, big Max.
3: Yeah, yes, yeah, no Max. He was with uh, Thirty Eight Special for a yeah, while. Yeah, he's and, awesome. And then our keyboard player Tim Cashin's a great singer too, and you know, Brewer sings a few of the songs. Yeah, yes. he wow.
2: does. Yeah.
3: So it's a real powerhouse thing with the vocals, and then we're still in the original key, 440. Wow. And then um, we do most of the hits, not all of them, but we do a lot of the hits, and then a couple other songs. Wow. And the show always goes over. You know, I'm not introduced as Bruce from Kiss. You know, I'm just wow. Bruce Kulick, lead guitar. You know, and that's fine. But uh, any of the Kiss fans that have caught it really enjoyed it, and they didn't realize quite a few of those songs they were familiar with. You know. Yeah. I mean, right which Grand Funk did have a long period where they weren't active. So mm-hmm. unlike other bands that continue and continue, there was that stop there. You know, so I great. saw you guys
1: in Delmar. There and you go. See yeah. It, it was great. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Love it. I,
3: yeah, I, those- I love it when musicians show up because I don't know if they know what they're going to expect. And we do a lot of, there are dates with Chicago and the Guess Who and uh, Blue Oyster Cult, people you all, are, you, are, you know, all you guys yeah. know. But uh, most of the time it's just, these crazy city festivals and casinos in the middle of nowhere and sometimes in <laughs> major. It all depends, you know? So I miss the guys. We, we haven't been together since uh, March uh, 7th or something, you know, when we had to play the Tropicana in New Jersey casino. Wow,
2: Yeah. Our last gig, me and Vinny, was February 9th in New York.
3: There you go. And we did a
2: run of four shows. We didn't know yeah. that was going to be our last gig yep. for the for 220.
3: You know crazy i remember i was in touch with you Vinny. i was like what are you doing what's going on because i think you were going to do other things uh <laughs> yeah. into march and then that came to a screeching halt too right yes yeah, yeah. Every year, every I, I, I
1: did one last gig in uh in march oh 4th, yeah right yeah march been, 14th it was the sabbath thing
3: oh that was a borderline date there you it know? was
1: like the day of while well, they might
3: pull the gig uh the yeah, exactly.
1: the cops that might come and this this. We might have to put half the people there, have to, so all that bullshit. But we went on, the place got packed, and that was the last show. Next day, it was shut down. Yep. So, I might have been the last concert in Ohio.
3: <laughs> or the last COVID spreader in Ohio in March. You know? Yeah, yeah we,
2: we, we were telling, that's what our family was telling. You're going there? What are you, crazy? You I, I, I you even know? did a meet and greet. I did
1: a
3: meet oh, and ho, greet. <laughs> yeah,
2: but then when he came home, he stayed away from my older brother for two weeks. Uh,
3: that's good. Yeah.
2: So yeah, it was good.
0: Then uh, you talk about your down shows. In my venues, I've had to move 163 shows so far. Oh, oh man. man. And still, still doing it. Still don't know when we're going to open up in our venue. You know, so, I don't think anyone does, Ron. No. We, got, was, we got
1: three what shows was the last one?
2: Halloween.
1: I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah.
2: yeah. Who, who's got three shows Halloween? <laughs> last in line. You mean three yeah. different gigs? Three different gigs on the toward the Pennsylvania and all that. So, are you doing drive in theaters? No, well, then you're probably not going to happen.
1: <laughs> probably not, man.
0: It depends on a lot of things, you know, and these government guys are the ones pulling the strings. It's hard, but we're not going to go there. Where I do want to go, I do want to
2: wait, wait. Before you do, what was your last show?
0: Uh, my last show was actually, let me think here. I think it was, I think it was Winger, I think it was Winger. It was either winger, Warren, or docking. I got to look. But, you know, it's just it's just nuts, man. Just nuts. Because the, the, the tough thing is not only have, have we had to move them. We've moved the same show three times. Remember, it was March. So it went closed down. So, all right, well, let's move it to June. we will definitely be open by June.
1: Yeah, all right.
0: right. Now we're going to move to September. Well, yeah, now, now we've moved stuff to, to January, February. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm Some, at well, Some, let, at,
2: least at least you're still open, and uh, a lot of venues can't afford to be closed, and they're, you know, like in New York, there's uh, like uh, a couple of venues that's closing down. They can't afford to stay open. There's a lot of them, man. A lot of them. You know, yeah. we, hotels, we're, we're, restaurants. It's it's a
0: joke. A mm-hmm. lot of the clubs, like my my clubs, my smaller clubs, you know, that they won't let us open at all. Anything that's you know that 50 person thing that doesn't even uh, come into play. So. It's, yeah. it's really, really tough. But you know what? The thing is, we're staying relevant. We're doing things like this, like you guys are doing live streaming and interviewing yeah. and keeping the fans engaged, and they are appreciating it. And we told everybody that Bruce was going to be on our show. Oh, my goodness, the fans kept – it's. it's uh, matter of fact, right now, this is one of our largest shows that people are watching, so it's great to have Bruce here. Nice. A lot of – a lot of yeah. –
2: show right now Bruce. you know we, cool. we also did eric we did eric singer
3: oh you got yep. eric all right yeah
2: we did eric he's like on our second or third show
3: yeah that's an accomplishment he's he's always shy with the social media but that's great uh-huh.
2: I know yeah, that. I we had a good time good we time. had a good time. oh yeah we Eric's also had great. a good time with everybody everybody yeah. that was we've been it's on it's different friends with
3: you know yep so, so
0: was that a 3 30 i saw you uh plucking over there what do you
3: what do you got down there What oh, guitar this guitar you here it's actually uh it is a three thirty it's funny you oh, ask really? me that oh, you wow. know, it's not a kiss related guitar my my fans know that every month i you know feature a uh, hang on it's hard to figure out which way it goes there you go but it's <laughs> a it's a nineteen sixty three thirty wow. um you know e s three thirty so this is like you know most people could relate to these guitars though not in cherry as a um like the you know the beatles used a semi hollow a sunburst guitar with chrome pickups, and that's the 330. So it's the same kind of model, but that was made by Epiphone. This is what it.
1: about did the monkeys use that? Vinnie, Vinnie? Not really.
3: But but you know who I think uh, Gary Moore used to play? Not Gary wow. Moore. I'm sorry. The jazz, uh, the blues guy. I'm sorry, that uh, I'm forgetting his name now. It's been a while. But there's guys who will show up with these kind of guitars. Wow. They'll feedback well, and they they sound they just sound terrific. You know.
2: Vinnie Vinnie Martell played a uh, 335. Oh. In yep. 1967 on "You Keep Me Hanging On." I wow. love that. That's with a great. stand, oh, with, a stand del, with a standel, amplifier. <laughs>
3: Those are vintage,
2: yep. right? Right. Like that, These will
3: feedback nicely. See, let's, let's hear it. Uh... <laughs> and then I can go right into. Nice. Uh...
1: More. Yeah, no, no, right. I, you get the idea. We got to
0: find a couple
2: of back you up somewhere. Ah, you know, I did. I, I did a uh, one of these yesterday with Greg Bissonette and Billy Cobham and uh, a lot of great players. And and yep. Bissonette said about Ringo. He said Ringo never got on the drums by himself and practiced drums.
3: Wow. He said he
2: always would uh, play with a band. He would always right. play with a band, and that's when he would come up with his drum parts, you know? Oh, awesome. Which mm. is pretty wild when you think about it, because, you know, how many drummers yeah, really sit wild. there and play by themselves all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Back, real quick here, going back to the Kiss, it's really interesting to me that not
0: only, I mean, a little-known fact, well, probably not the Kiss fans, but you're one of the longest members of, uh, of Kiss, um, I don't mean physically, I don't know that, but I'm just saying from, uh, uh I mean, even with the original guys, I mean, you're a long,
3: no, I mean, I, I have 12 years in a row, years. but, um, you know, actually Eric's really up there in the years. Cause he had the five with me and then he's gone on. I don't know. He's probably over 20 years already that he's been with wow. Tommy's coming up. They, they've they surpassed the original guys already. I think. Yeah i mean meaning uh, the you know ace and peter not of course paul and gene who have been there all the time so yeah, yeah. But it, you know to me it's never been about how many years look 12 was a real blessing i mean within the third year yeah. i thought uh, how long is this going to last you, you uh-huh. know what i mean because music changes and i don't you know i knew that gene was he was getting into like movies and things and who knew what would be next right but um th- that body of work that i was able to accomplish with those guys and those tours and the videos it just blows my mind how many people that it's still, it's relevant to, it's important to them. And I'm just digging deep and celebrating it all the time, especially now that I don't have travel gigs to go to. So I've been really engaging the fans. And, um, you know, if anyone's critical of that, I think that's foolish because I do enjoy it. And I do love what I did and accomplished. And the fact that, that it means so, so much to so many people, I love it. I really do. You
0: know what? It, it's yeah. such an interesting in the kids history obviously it was the unmasked time i mean right you're, you're the guy that's the unmasked almost the longest it seems like yes I, I
3: definitely my my comment for that i waved the flag of the non-makeup right. era because i had the most consistent years now a lot of people ask why didn't they go back to me when was right. not gonna you know stay in the band and you know tommy was like the understudy excellent guitar player knew all the parts and uh It made a lot of sense. Just insert Tommy, especially when Ace didn't show up like two or three times, you know, and that's how he became the guitarist. Because let's be honest, by the time they were doing the makeup again, everything was about that look, that playing, that style, those that era of music, you know, and that wasn't what Kiss was, you know, completely. We did supercharged versions of uh, vintage songs. Everybody knew that, even if we went deep with like watching you or even a love gun or who i was made for loving you we did it differently with eric singer and myself especially but but certainly um tommy played knew the ace stuff and knew how to be the spaceman shall i say okay so it made made sense for him to get the gig and yeah do i miss being in kiss absolutely but i certainly didn't want to um just morph into something that wasn't my real connection with kiss you follow that
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Were, were those arena shows as big as they are you know they were subsequently during
3: that era well we did really big shows in my era for sure from the yeah. uh, a lot of people have been sharing a lot of stuff over the summer there was in 88 all our uh, you know to play with and, and other bands like that and the photos i see are just incredible and they sure. the people share the youtubes you know but we did these really big dates and uh Look, our production, I thought, was amazing back in that day. Carmine, you, you opened with King Cobra. You remember. Yeah, I remember. We did yeah. a lot of gigs with you guys. Yeah. And you remember our motorhome that kept breaking down? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is he <laughs> going to make it or not? No.
2: Are they going to make it tonight. Yeah, it was no. great. I'm, I'm, was it uh, somebody's birthday? Was it Gene's birthday? We, we all went on stage. That would have in August
3: if it was. Okay. Yeah,
2: I think it was Gene's birthday. We went up okay. all on stage and, and created havoc with you guys. Oh, of course.
3: Yeah, that's it was good. That's fun. The way
2: you do it. And you know, it was great because Gene and Paul, uh, my manager Alan Miller was was uh, involved with a coin management originally right. who managed Kiss, and uh, he managed me with King Cobra. And uh, when we had the second album out, and you know we had the Iron Eagle song, in, and things were going good, Alan talked to I believe it was uh, Gene and Paul, and and said, look, we really need to be on tour, and they did us a big favor. Right. And they took us on tour, and they actually paid us. Oh, normally, that's back in the day, <laughs> yeah. you know, they would have to yeah. people would have to pay them to be on the yep. tour. And they actually well, paid. Cool. It wasn't a lot of money, like a couple of grand a night or something. But, right. but at least we didn't have to pay. And they were, they were good friends, good friends. And then, yeah. and I had played on Paul's album, you know. Sure.
3: You have a good connection with Kiss, if That's that's yeah, true.
2: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? And I find that, that your era, we'll call it your era for the purpose of this discussion, mm-hmm, sure. um, the musicality of, of the band KISS seemed a little bit more intense uh, as opposed to the theatrical elements that were added pre and post your era. And uh, especially the song, you know, I, I love I Walk Alone. And, you know, you actually sing the you. book. Yep. Uh, on a KISS song. It's a great song.
3: Yeah, that I mean, that song was, uh, believe me, I experimented a lot and gene and i just kept working on it and i got very very wild putting in backwards things and flipping tapes and trying <laughs> So that's why that one's almost like i mean if i could mention bands that inspired what to do with it it would be queen and the beatles and just get very just just think out of the box with it differently and flipping an entire bridge and the drums are backwards you know and i was able to fool around with pretty primitive uh, stuff at home to make it happen of course when we went to studio we used the best stuff we could but um th- thank you for that. I look, right before I got in the band, you got to th- think about where the band was. Creatures of Night was a great album, okay? They they did they did The Elder and they stretched out a little bit and that was a little weird for them, but still it was a Bob Esmond record, but The Creatures of Night had some great stuff. A new drummer so they had a little more energy. Lick it up then came, and that had some great stuff even though it was mostly Vinny was in the band now, you know, Vinny Vincent. But um what what animalize and when animalize happened which was the tour i joined them with that material was getting into this zeppelin meets kiss very up tempo double bass drum wild guitar rhythms i mean i was really impressed when i was asked all right here's the material you're going on tour with us and i was like whoa kiss wasn't just i want to rock and roll all night and party every day or strata you know what i mean Uh it wasn't that it was much more and then the band just they always evolved, you know? I mean, I, I really think, and Vinny knows this from the camps, whenever it has been the KISS camp, you know, yeah. meaning you know, Paul, someone was a special guest, that material is much more complex than some people give it credit for. Right, yeah. you know that Vinny, right? Oh yeah, and the feel of
1: it and everything, yep. you know?
3: Yep, from it's the bass parts. I mean, again, because of the theatrics and the history of KISS, or the history of it, and the makeup in the, <laughs> you know, like, you know, 10 years almost, uh, yeah, 10 years you know, a lot of people didn't take them seriously musically. Right. And they didn't care about that. Gene always, like, he doesn't care. Carmine, you know Gene's a great bass player. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Solid. He plays with that lead. Yeah. McCartney, Jack Bruce uh, kind of vibe, you know? you know. You know, I
2: had I had a story one time. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to cut you off. Uh, no, no, do it. But, but when, uh, when Kiss First did their very first big arena tour, I was playing with Leslie Westband band, replacing Corky Lang. In that band was Kenny Aronson, who gravini with Vinnie, and, and uh, uh-huh. Mick Jones from Foreigner was in that band. Sure. Wow. So, And we were opening for KISS. I, I think I told the story when Eric was live. Uh, Eric was on the phone, on the show. Anyway, so it was like I got to know Paul and Gene really well. And this is when they just started becoming big, and, and uh, they said, you know, They were fans of like Vanilla Fudge and Cactus and BBA and all that. So we went, Paul told me this, and he said that they went to Comac Arena and they saw Cactus play with Alice Cooper. Wow. And Paul said, if we can get the rawness and rock and rollness of Cactus and mix it with Alice Cooper's, you know, theatrics, we'd really have something. Exactly. And, and that's out on me, Long Island, so
3: he caught you guys yeah, there. And yeah, he
2: told me he told me that when they were on the tour, headlining arenas, and I was playing with Leslie. And I said, "Wow, how cool is that?" But you know, Absolutely. they they were just the, the you know a cool band, you know, with makeup and theatrics coming up. They weren't really huge yet, you know.
3: Well, but I don't know if we'd say that now. We <laughs> <laughs> don't always talk about their influences, but it's very clear to, uh, especially us musicians you know, who who they kind of idolized from, from Led Zeppelin to bands like Cactus or even Vanilla Fudge. It's real yeah. obvious. Mountain, you know, yeah. all that stuff, Cream. And, and then the Beatles. So all of a sudden yeah. there's four yeah. guys, very identifiable individuals, right? Yes, done with makeup. With the names. Right. With, with, and then, you know, Paul, yeah. uh, let's be honest, Paul Eisen, you know, Stanley Eisen knew he couldn't be Stanley Eisen and be a rock star. But he could be Paul Stanley and be a rock star. There's no doubt. Gene was not going to be Gene Klein or Gene Chaim, you know, or whatever. (laughs) You know, know, and then even when – so Ace, you know, is Paul also, right? And he becomes Ace, right? So you get what I mean. I mean, this was obvious that they they knew um, how to do something really uh, powerful in rock and roll. And I got nothing but respect for them, and I don't – you know, the people that – don't get it or think it's, you know, just not their thing or they're cheesy or it's just whatever. I know I know otherwise, and I am, and I consider myself, and Vinny will attest to, a snobby musician, okay? Yet I'm always... Yes, you are.
4: Yes, I am, I
3: know. He knows too. But I, I just always really impressed with the creativity from these guys, and then on top of it, I just think that the sometimes the show part of it and the entertainment part of it and the, you know, performance part of it overshadowed how, how hard and, and interesting the music was. You know what I mean?
0: Hey, guys, we'll be right back after a few messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to our Hanging and Bangin' podcast. I'm Ron Onesti here with Vinny Apice and, of course, the legendary Carmine Apice. I,
2: I got one for you. Uh, was it Blackjack? Was that the name of
3: it? Yeah, the band with Bolton. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: Blackjack. It was Jimmy Haslip, who I, yeah. I, I sort of got uh, into... I think I brought him out to LA, but I think it, it was after that that he joined uh, Blackjack. Because yeah. you yeah, had no, it wasn't Steve was Weiss your, Was Steve Weiss, your, Weiss
3: was the uh, attorney yeah. who got us the yeah, record. That was our that.
2: attorney for ages. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah Sandy, no, still, Sandy, Sandy, Gennaro. Sandy Sandy, uh, another yeah. drummer guy that I'm sure you guys are friends yeah. with. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sandy I, got the gig by sending press kits back in the. Early days. <laughs> that's like a little folder with a picture and a yeah, bottle yeah. and everything. Not not an EPK or whatever they call it yeah, now, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Sandy,
2: Sandy's the one that turned me on to the gig with Rod Stewart.
3: Wow! Yeah, because
2: wow. I, I I saw him in the street. I say, "Hey, Sandy, how you doing? I go, well, what what you doing?" He goes, "I just saw this with Rod Stewart." I go, "Wow, it's great. Did you get it?" He goes, "No." He said, "You I should."
3: Did. Oh my God! I
2: said, "Wow, who, who is it?" So he gave me the phone number. It was a guy, Pete yeah. Buckland, who I knew. Because we toured with Cactus in the Faces for 60 shows. So I knew Pete. We used to wreck hotel rooms and uh, and cars and everything together. So I called Pete and, hey, Pete, what's going on? I hear Rod's looking for a drummer. You don't call me. He goes, ah, you're always busy. I said, (laughs) well, I'm not busy now. I'd love to come check it out. So he called Rod. Rod said, go to my house and check out the band. Yeah. There you go. And I got the gig and I was there eight years.
3: That's crazy. You know, I, I got saying, a funny Rod, just a quick Rod Stewart story. So, you know, I, I'm living in Las Vegas now. You guys know that. Yeah. And uh, I had, a, it, you know, making the move was not easy. I had a, you know, obviously you pack up your home and then you get, you have the, <clears> the <throat> movers come the whole thing. Right. But, you know, for, for a guitarist, the, the the guitars and the gear and the amps and stuff, that doesn't go with allied movers. Okay. You get what I mean. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. They all went in storage at Third Encore. Okay. That's a very wow. professional rehearsal place in North mm-hmm. Hollywood. Right near yeah. ESP cars. so my yeah. stuff sat there until I was settled here in Vegas, and then I could make arrangements to have that brought to my home, you know, and deal and deal with it. And even though I got rid of so much stuff during that whole process, because I, you realize how much shit you you have when you when you move. <laughs> okay, yeah. we all know that. Right? Yeah, I uh-huh. I just moved to I Florida. Love- <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was selling stuff from the uh, storage there, from my locker and everything, right? I'd be going in because I knew what I didn't want to bring and I didn't need any more. So, like, uh, more than a third of it I just got rid of before I had to go to Vegas with it. And Rod and <laughs> was rehearsing there because Third Encore has the, right? So I'm walking in to get this Les Paul I'm selling somebody, right? I walk by with a Les Paul case, you know, I'm not, nobody's bothering me or nothing, you know. But I, I swear, Carmen, he gave me this, like, really weird double take. You know, and I have no—I've never met him. I, I doubt <laughs> if he knew me, but I, you know, something connected to him, though. Maybe he might, maybe. He might
2: have saw you in the kiss videos. He used to watch. No, no I know. The or, stuff, or you know.
1: yeah,
3: did, did you owe him
2: money? There you go. Right? Did so. you owe him money? Did you owe, money? No, owe him any money? <laughs>
3: no, no. But it was funny. I, I, I got a thrill out of it. I mean, I saw a lot of. There's always a lot of great people that rehearse up in North Hollywood yeah. at those places yeah. up there. We Very rehearsed nice. that. That Fakaka band thing there too, remember? Right, that's right. Yeah. You no, know, the other mates, you know. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. anyway, w- what a, what a funny thing to run into him with with my guitar, but I I I just thought it was funny. But I can't I can't think of Rod without thinking of you, or I'll yeah. run into Katja, the yeah. the, the sax player. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, you yeah, remember? the chick, I, the I, girl, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah, just I don't know if you
2: were. she just recut the other thing. I'm sexy. And I've got a hold of me. Oh, cool. Wanted my blessing. I said, well, no problem. And she actually yeah. got Rod to sing it. Yeah, Rod yeah it, Which is amazing. Oh, wow! Okay. You know, I want to do a, uh, I want to do like a, a reggae jazz rock reggae version of it, and i to wow. see if Rod will sing it. Rod lives down here in the uh, Christmas time, in Florida. Okay. I'm in West Palm. He lives in Palm Beach. I right, talked right. to him last year. He said, "Let's cool. go out for a drink. You're buying." Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I said, "I'm go. not down there yet." And I said, "Next year." Sure. I'm going to see if I get a hold of him. But Excellent. You know, I know what you mean about moving. You know, and we had we had 168 boxes that we moved from connecticut and i had a a classic slingle and drum set and i said there's no way i'm putting that in the moving van and so we we had i had this group that i'm uh, co-managing and producing and i said well they have a van and a trailer i said why don't we just drive to florida from connecticut and we had a new puppy as well so we put the puppy the drums in the trailer all the other important stuff in the trailer, and we went down. And then the the moving van showed up two two days later, and cool. uh, the drums were there ahead of time. Now, is of is that why you got
1: those curtains, Vegas curtains?
3: Yeah, yeah, me, yeah. Oh, absolutely,
2: <laughs> absolutely.
3: I'm wearing the Vegas shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, voice activated, right? That, uh, that's the setting. I can switch it for you, so it just does more interesting. That's cool. Music. It looks great. Yeah. Well, are they against yeah. the curtain or just hanging down? Yeah, they're just little LEDs the... hanging down. You know? well, my, perfect. My, my friend Mark will be so excited about this. It was a gift. It was like he knew that we were experimenting, Lisa and I, and videoing things in, in the home. And he's like, I know you're going to have a place for this. Here, check this out. All of a sudden, it comes in the mail. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do with it. And then That's we realize I'm up in my in the room where we like to watch TV, and it's best to just use all these red curtains in the room and black them out. So this room's really nice and quiet for that but yeah it's on that 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 wall there i mean against that curtain and, and it works it works pretty cool how,
1: how long you been living in vegas i didn't even know so
3: it was uh summer of 18 you know this is oh. my second full year here you and like it yeah no we we enjoy it here I, I tell you this has been a i mean not only this summer that we have you know to deal with a pandemic okay which is ridiculous yeah. already but uh the heat Uh, On the whole West Coast, I think you probably have heard. Or Vinny, you're still out on the West Coast, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's just been brutal. And then we usually get these monsoon rains in Vegas in the summer. They nothing. We're gonna break a record this year. Then of course California gives us the gift of all the fire smoke. Okay. (laughs) I
1: I got that too.
3: Yeah. Okay. No sun
1: out. There's
3: no sun. So I can handle the heat. It's really bad for a couple of months. This summer, and I had to ask all my neighbors and my friends that I have here who've lived here a long time, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you don't want to talk about this summer? No, no, it's a bad one. Bad one." Yeah, that's know? what
2: they say. That's what they say about Florida, because it's been like 98 degrees every day, It rains most the of humid. the time, the humidity's yep. high. My, yep. my 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 girlfriend hates it. You know, yeah. she, she doesn't like the weather. She can't go out. She can't work. Walk. You know, she can't take the dog out. The dog don't want to go out. I hear you. Yeah. Know. So we, we just bought got in today, which is really funny. I didn't know they made these. A pool chiller. Instead of okay. a cool pool heater, it's a combination heater and chiller. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. The pool is 93 degrees. Whoa, uh, shit. With no heater on.
1: That's from the sun,
2: man. Right? Wow. So this thing is going to cool th- the pool
3: so we can go in it.
2: Wow. That's crazy. is that crazy? Warm,
3: we've had weekends where it would be like, 112 114 and the highest my water has been in the pool is like 85 86 which is actually quite comfortable
2: yeah yeah Uh, that's what we're gonna knock it down to like 85.
3: that's crazy that's like Vinny showed
2: me Vinny showed me his car um temperature the the other day it's 121 oh my god in Temecula 121
1: 121. yeah Yeah. Yeah. and now the next day it was like 80 degrees yeah, and it's been nice and cool yeah. now. I don't
3: know. Yeah, it yeah, cooled off here too, finally. It's, but, yeah, it's starting to really cool bad. off here too, actually. Yep.
1: Speaking of hot.
3: Yes.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I gotta ask you this because I you know what? It's it's not it's it's 20 years that you're with Grandpa, but ten years since you uh a book came out. <laughs> and I gotta oh. ask you about sex tips from rock stars. Yep. You're one of only twenty three rock stars. Featured in this book, what was your tip? I think we all I, I mean movie. I was
3: foolish enough to agree to <laughs> it. I just happened to know the guy putting the book together. I think it was this really cool uh, guy from down in Australia. I think that did it. Do you remember the name on the book? Because it's, it's been a while. Rockstars. Yeah, no, no, I meant the name of the author. Oh no, no, I don't. I don't. Okay, no problem. Um, I remember. I, 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 I know. I told the story, and what's really the most embarrassing part. Was there was nothing really. I I really, as rock stars go, I'm 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 quite mellow. I am not the uh, M- Motley Crew member. Okay, you know, with stories, <laughs> you, you know, you, you guys saw the Dirt movie. You know, it starts off pretty interesting. Okay, and yeah, read uh, the book is even worse. Yeah, exactly. And I knew enough about it working with John Karabi and Union. We talked plenty. Okay, about yeah, yeah, Motley, yeah. but but honestly, uh, the most the the funniest part, the only takeaway I have from it is the fact that. My, my my beautiful wife's mother had to buy the book and read it. And, and I was like a little nervous. What did I say in this book? I wonder, you know. And fortunately, Kay, who's wonderful, uh, she enjoyed it, actually. I didn't say anything too too ridiculous, you know. So, uh, But, you know, I, I can't even remember if there was anything valuable except I was, but the, you know, the years that I could have been, like, really insane, I, I really was very nervous about, either getting a girl that I don't even know pregnant, not a good idea, right? Or getting, uh, that was when AIDS was, you guys know Mm -hmm. that. I didn't need AIDS and I didn't want a a kid unless it was someone that I really loved and how do you fall in love uh, uh, in two days on the road, you know what I mean? So I was always pretty shy or very cautious about the- uh, the I
2: don't know, Bruce, I did that about four times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also you're did all the up. hotel wrecking that you're talking about.
3: And yeah, exactly. I, I
2: did. I did my book uh, presentation over at the Akata when it came out, and uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of things in there that's pretty out there. But uh, you know, and when we you know came up with vanilla fudge and all that stuff, and that was it, because you know, like when we were done with the show, we we're all fired up. We go back to the hotel. Even whether if you didn't have a chick with you or something, you know, there was no TV. It was nothing to do, right. and you're all like buzzing. So mm-hmm. you, you you know you wreck a room and you we know, drive drive the truck into the car and the car yep. into the truck and and then we it, thought we were getting away with it and then un, unlike uh, uh you know Steve Weiss was our accountant and attorney. Yeah,
3: yes, that's and, not a and, bad thing to have on your side.
2: And he never told us that he How was paying for it all. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he was paying for it. Yeah. yeah, he was paying for it all. And then when, when Vanilla Fudge broke up, we said, "Where'd all the money go?" Yeah. He yep. said, "You want a list of all the hotels you wrecked?"
3: That's you that, wrecked. You know, oh my was, God, that's so it funny. Was unbelievable. You guys out there probably don't know. Let me tell you quickly about Steve Weiss. Okay. Yeah. Very powerful man. He he managed. Lawyer. Lawyer. A lawyer who was dealing with the administration of the publishing for two small bands called Led Zeppelin and Bad Company. Okay. And you know, how about Jimi Hendrix? Yeah, and Hendrix. And Beck, so top, top of the uh, Time Warner building in, in yeah. Manhattan. Yeah, 444 okay. yeah. four, four, no four, 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 four Madison Avenue. Yes, there oh. you go. So let me tell you, that's intimidating when you're a young you know guitar player and you meet that guy. He wanted to work with Bolton. He was instrumental in putting blackjack together. Without him, it never would have happened. I found some of the contracts recently with moving and having wow. to go through stuff. And when it came time for me to sign the contract, I'm living in a very, you know, lower middle class neighborhood, Jackson Heights and Queens. Yeah. And then there was a Rolls-Royce with a limo driver. With a black you know, driver. A black guy. I forgot his team. name. Charles, I think, maybe. Yeah,
2: something, something and, like it, that. and
3: he, he, he wore has the a
2: dog, The gray outfit with the hat. Yep.
3: yep. <laughs> and he drives me out to Westbury, the estate of Mr. White. Right? Yep. So I could go into, first time in my life I ever saw a bathroom with like gold. Okay, you know what yes. I mean? That looked yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's a multi-million dollar property and I'm signing the contract. Of course he's got the Maylocks on the, you know, office desk, okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's in the music business. I mean, can you imagine the things he's dealt with? Carmine's band. Come on. Let's yeah, yeah. so up. So anyway, Jeff Beck, he had everybody. Yes. He had everyone.
2: Everybody. So it the was m- an amazing. The rascals. rascals.
3: Yes, yes. So this guy, I think his son maybe took over or something like that. I'm not sure. I'm not but, sure either, but be, yeah, but but he that was really away. that was 70s rock and roll. That that guy makes a phone call, you're gonna have a record deal. Yeah, 60s, 70s. Like, sure. Yeah, 60s, no. 70s. He was
2: he was yep. huge. That's, even you know, in we'll the 80s, even in the 80s, he got another yeah. deal with uh, Atlantic Records for um, Vanilla Fudge in the like okay. 82. You know, just a right. phone call.
3: Absolutely. So I knew him in the late 70s, and uh, yeah. it was yeah. really interesting. I know Bolton, you know, it <clears throat> meant a lot for us in, in the formative years. And, and you know, getting back to the sex book question of, you know, when I by the time I got into Kiss, I already saw a lot okay, because I was already in my 30s. You know, and it's not exactly the same as, you know, maybe in your 20s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was settling down and and I was happy to do it. and And it was all there if you wanted it as many girls as you wanted. You know, and, and Kiss, my my version of Kiss was never into the drugs and drinking, as you know. But uh, it was always there if you wanted it. So, But I had a very balanced approach to it, and I was very careful. So you're going to have to go to someone else for that. Sorry.
0: Bruce, getting back to the music because there's a lot, you know, Johnny Carabi is a good friend. And what's the chances that you guys getting together, doing anything with some union stuff?
3: Yeah, we spoke about, about uh, a month ago about... Really you know, goes on. Maybe there'd be an opportunity that we could do something again. And I never ruled it out. I really have a lot of respect for uh, for John. John stayed current and, and continues to go out there and play and perform. And he could be his own you know, solo artist. You know, he goes out there with acoustic guitar and does gigs. I think yeah. he's actually done a few where yeah. he could drive to from Nashville, you know. Yeah. Um, and I remember when he was telling me about it. Yeah, I'm not taking my own microphone, not stopping. I'm walking in, getting on stage. my mic do my performance taking my mic get the back into my rv and i'm leaving you know what i mean i mean that's actually probably the most socially responsible thing he can do with the with the the virus you know if he's going to go do a gig you know and if they're out there all on top of each other that's them you know but that's the way he described it to me i don't know if it happened but anyway but he's a sweetheart and we get along and we'll see what happens you know i'm still very close with brent Fitz, too, the drummer you know that in union and brent and i did the kiss cruises together And we're planning, uh, the other guy, Todd and Zach, they're really terrific players. Yeah. uh, We're working on a song right now that we'll probably just do it piecemeal, everyone's studio, and then film and, you know, do like what a lot of people have been doing. That's what I'm looking forward
0: to. And we're all happy here, because I'm a huge union fan as well. Um, And, you know, just just a, a quick second here. You know, this year in May, we lost a very, very special guy. And um, I know it's it's tough. And, um, you know, your brother, Bob, you guys mm-hmm. played together on meatloaf spit out of hell, you know, side yep. by side. I mean, how did that all happen? And before we do that, I want to toast to Bob. Everybody Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Amen. Bob,
0: Amen, bro.
3: This to him. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. But Bob was especially connected with Carmine, if if we're yeah. looking at the room right now, and I know that Carmine knows that because of the Paul Stanley. No, work.
1: I played on yeah. two Christmas albums. Oh, there you go. You, you he I'm already... on, I'm on the new one. I got the tracks okay. in the computer. Okay. And it was sounding great. I played yeah. on two yeah. or three songs, and
3: I I still haven't kind of figured out the last stuff that he's done to be quite
1: I honest. got, I got all right the we, the last we, we should,
3: we'll have a conversation but off the air you know, yeah I need to catch up about that yeah but carmine that that paul stanley record which and i'm not saying yeah. this because it's nice to be nice to paul you know but that was my favorite of the solo records it just was yeah. and i loved your involvement and i was very aware of, of all of that you know my brother just never really um and this is maybe like the first time publicly i'm talking about it mm-hmm. he just never really uh felt you know, what admiration he truly had from the fans, you know? Yeah. And and, and yeah. I don't think, you know, lots of times you could tell somebody, you know, it's not that different from that gorgeous girl who's like, oh, you know, my lips aren't right, and they're just fussing with their hair, and no dress looks right on them, and they're like, drop dead amazing, okay? Yeah. And All my right. brother had that kind of talent, okay, and he just didn't really always believe that anyone saw it, appreciated it, and admired him.
2: You know and, why? now Right, why? A reason why could be he didn't
3: know. Yeah.
2: In the later true. years, he didn't mm-hmm. do a lot of
3: gigs. Well, he was producing, but very he well. A lot.
2: Of, I know, but but you yeah. don't get the ad, you don't get that admiration admiration. Yeah, thing, I get yeah. You know, because yeah. well, you're always so, uh, in the studio. You're in the studio. You're yeah. in the Studio. Yeah. Well, that's
3: why the gig on the cruise, that Kiss cruise <coughs> seven, when we got to play and we did, you know, a, a split set of his contributions to Kiss. And then of course some of the choice songs from my era that went over like legendary and it belongs in in that kind of status because it was just really magic we didn't have any history of gigging together like that it was with brent fitz and uh, todd kern uh it was quite amazing so and then moving forward with the with the the loss for you know of my brother uh, i'm trying to celebrate in every way all the music all the unusual things that he did that many KISS fans were not aware of, or those fans that knew him from Meatloaf weren't aware of, yeah. or, or the recording studio artists like you guys that he would hire and work on these projects, mm-hmm. you know, the body of work he left behind. And I know I spoke recently with Vintage Guitar ma- Magazine about it. It's so varied and his resume is much bigger than mine, you know. Maybe not as big as Carmine's. I know yours is upset, <laughs> but it's it's big, okay? Yeah, and, big. And
2: it was big. all quality he, he was work. At, and he was a great player, man. He really yes. was a great, yeah. great player.
3: Because
2: really? he, he was older than you, right?
3: Yes, four years yeah. older. Yeah. It's funny, one of the uh, press, I mean, it was so hard for me to deal with any of it, but mm-hmm. when I would read something and go like, you know, they would they repeat my statement from social media, says yeah. the older brother, Bruce Kulick. you know, and I was like, yeah, oh, boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks a lot, People Magazine or wherever. <laughs> you
1: know.
3: But but either way, uh, you know, he left his mark. I'm so happy that he saved everything so that I was able to really see all these photos. You know, the people like uh, Tim, Tim Curry that a lot of people probably didn't know that he toured with, you know, and, uh, stuff from the Diana Ross years when he was doing that. And, and of oh, course we know, 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 he did that. know he did that. Yeah, yeah, he played on Johnny Carson, you know, on a song called Mirror Mirror. Gene introduced him to, you know, Diana from their relationship, you know ah. what I mean? And, and Alice Cooper, he was friends with Dick Wagner and one tour Steve Hunter couldn't play. So the next thing I know, they're going to Australia and he's doing You remember the Alice Cooper show back in the late yeah, 70s? It yeah. was amazing. There was a guitar duel on stage and they're doing all these things. But Ron, you mentioned Meatloaf. That year was a really huge thing in my life. It really opened my eyes to so much. The band went Meatloaf did the record. That was a miracle. What a record, of course, you know. Yep, and yep. if you ever get Max on on your show, ask him about Bad Outta Hell, you know. I think he's he's on that record. I think he's playing the drums. And also
1: one one time uh, um we were rehearsing with Dio as Ronnie and I, I forgot it was playing bass, maybe Pilsen, Jeff Pilsen. Okay. And I don't know. We didn't have a guitar player. So we asked Bob I remember to come that. down.
4: He was he so... He had fun. a s-
1: smile from here yes. to here. He, he was playing. Yeah. He learned yeah. all the shit. Oh, yeah. was, I remember he that. He loved after. it. He loved yeah. being yeah. playing in that, well, with Ronnie right yeah. next Bob to him. loved Dio. That shit, you
3: know? no, and I know they had that relationship and he did some things with Wendy yeah, I mean, he he touched so many different artists, and not only Lemmy, of course. You all know he knew Motörhead very well. That yeah. was instrumental with that The SpongeBob thing he got involved with, that was so popular. You know, a song for for uh, Triple H and things like that. Just just really varied with the stuff. But getting back to Meatloaf for a second, that tour, I mean, I, I I mean, I have to thank my brother that they they he he was in New York already working and knowing people and doing sessions and everything, and I was the younger brother. He knew I was talented, Bob. But but they needed two guitar players. So we, we went an audition. They loved Bob. And I'm telling you, it was because he, he was very confident and very cocky in the sense. And I was just like, you know, like that practically with my guitar. And they weren't so sure about me. And Bob was very, very adamant that if you're going to have me, my brother's playing the other guitar. Now, there, there was two parts of that. Yeah, he loved me. I was his brother. But he also knew I would learn the Todd Runger guitar parts that were very important in certain songs okay because that's the one thing about my brother he wasn't the guy that was going to study every riff note for note and i Vinny, you know i'll get into that and yeah, take yeah. it apart and try Except to learn like a, like a- <laughs> yeah maybe like you guys there you go so anyway uh we 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 go off on tour boot off the stage first gig opening for cheap trick you know meatloaf's like a lot of people didn't get it you know 300 pound guy also <laughs> you yeah, know right with jim steinman who's like this eccentric piano player with crazy hair nine people on stage and and within uh you know we do the cbs convention they pump in more money there's a radio hit and then we're headlining arenas you know what i mean playing everywhere going on saturday night live and i mean the belushi days you know gilda Radner, the whole thing you know uh, it, it was unbelievable and that year i i can't tell you how hard it was for me because the, the emotions and Meatloaf was out of control most of the time, and I didn't get it. But it really was something that was very vulnerable for me. Bob continued to play with Meatloaf, actually, shortly after that. Meatloaf fell apart after that tour. Had mm-hmm. He couldn't sing. It took years for him to do another record. But then my brother was involved with him. And then we would actually meet sometimes in Europe with and Kiss now. It's, it's 84, and my brother's there with Meatloaf. So what an incredible, uh, interesting kind of connections with everybody his, yeah. his career really did touch so many people. It, it and I, sounds like, yeah, you know,
2: it, it just sounds so similar to me and Vinny, you know, times yes, we were, yes. I was playing with Ozzy, he was playing with Dio and and yeah. uh, in Europe and we were playing the same arenas, we we're leaving notes for each other on the wall. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh uh-huh. just funny stuff, you know. And when we yeah, play sure. together, like you guys did on the boat, we play a little bit of each other's hits, plus sure. some new stuff.
4: It's a lot of
2: fun.
3: fun. Both of you guys being brothers and a little age difference and different resumes, like, you know, great players. And that, that was Bob and I, you know, as well. It's an interesting parallel. So yeah, he's, he's really missed by the fans. And I know that, uh, I, I, I always feel like he's, he's more aware in heaven looking at this adoration adoration from the the, the fans and i don't i i mean not only kiss fans from everybody it's just unbelievable we could uh, have started a band together the brothers yeah,
2: the brothers oh, there you go yeah,
3: yeah. that would been.
2: and tony franklin on the bass.
3: yeah and right. there'd be a therapist on the road with us of yeah. course you,
2: know. <laughs> you remember you don't know, have a bass player and a singer that a brothers the okai sisters no <laughs> oh, right
3: then <laughs> really he knows somebody i knew he we brothers
1: were. and sisters there,
3: there,
1: we go. Go. there I you go. Compare, I would book that. There you go. There you, there you would go. book that. I would totally book that. There's big
2: uh, one. Big one.
0: Do you have a favorite kiss song that either you like, you like to play live more than others or that you just enjoy? Or is it the same song?
3: No, I mean, it, there were certain key tracks that I love playing. I mean, I, there were certain ones I didn't always. You get tired of playing the same ones i know the, the the tours if we did tears of falling i love that because we didn't always play that one but it's a great song that's connected to my era unholy later on forever was beautiful to play and we only did that a couple of tours you know sometimes i think of live songs like what did we do production wise because that kind of made it feel and that's why forever I had these green lasers that would be moving with, with, with it. And, you know, that was really special, but, and, and I'd start out playing electric then I'd walk up to a, a Chet Atkins acoustic on a stand and then play the solo, and, you know, so things like that. But I, I, you know, look, there's a wealth of material that I'm just really fond of from all those years. Fortunately, I had enough studio albums under my belt that I got plenty to, to talk about this Tomorrow, I'm probably filming something to, to put on social media for Sunday where I'm going to experiment with something from, from Eric Carr from one of the records, which is going to be a lot of fun. So, I'm always there's always stuff that I want to share and, and delve into and, and into details. And one last thing about Kiss big anniversary coming up next week. Yep. Asylum record 35 years. Can you believe that? 35
2: years, the
3: release. I have a, a question. keep coming up, you know? When Eric wow.
2: was in the band, Mm-hmm. I don't remember if Eric was in the band when I, we toured with uh, King Cobra. But,
3: so which uh, tour did you do? A- which 80
2: 85. Yeah, 80, that would have been 86, Eric, 86, 86, yes, 86. Eric Carr. 86. Yes, Eric Carr. Okay. Now, when Eric Singer was in the band, now, yeah. Let, well, let me go
3: back. When Eric Carr was in the band, did, they, did you guys do Beth? Uh, no, we weren't allowed to. Even though he recorded it. Or sang it for uh, smashes, thrashes, and hits. If Ron's a, a big kiss, you know, uh, nut, you know, you'd know that. Right. But but uh, I think they worked that out with Peter. I think it had something to do with something. But I know Eric does it now. You know, what I mean, yeah, Eric I know it.
2: because I and he does it great. It's great. Yeah, voice. he does a great job. No, Eric got a great voice. He never wow. did that
3: live in my era. Never.
2: Yeah, because I don't remember him doing it until I saw it lately, and I said, "Wow, I didn't know Eric could sing yeah. like that."
3: And I, I, it might have had something to do with when Peter came back in the band for a few years and maybe they worked out. I don't know. Yeah. kind of there, There's so much of that stuff behind the scenes. Who, yeah.
2: want, did Peter write that song? Or
3: no? Yeah, Peter did. Yeah, yeah we probably,
2: probably, right. probably didn't give him a, a license
3: yeah. to do it. Right, right, right.
1: Hey, let's <laughs> mention our, our good buddy, Frankie Benelli, who just recently passed. Yeah. Too, right? Oh, my God. We He's all know right.
2: him like, so yeah. well. And... He was well, loved. He was loved by everybody. Yes, yeah. The nicest guy. I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Every time I would see him, he'd come up and give me a kiss on the cheek and me, a hug. Me too, me too. Just like an Italian, you know. And, I know. and, and when we did a lot of these things, uh, I, I think it was like the Bonzo Bash rehearsals at, at Bates. He would always come in and he'd bring spaghetti and meatballs, just like you, Ron. Yeah. You know? He was awesome. He was such We're a nice guy. Recipes.
0: Yeah. Um, recipes, recipes.
2: I hear that they're going to continue Quiet Riot without him. Yeah,
0: we've actually got him booked, um, you know, and it's actually going to be. Originally, I tried really, really hard because I knew Frankie was under the weather at the time. And so I booked him. I said, I got to get, you know, Frankie, Quiet Riot was the first heavy metal band I ever booked. So I booked him maybe 25, 30 times over the years, maybe more. And, uh, and I tried to have this show with them. I was calling, you know, Mark Hyman. You know, Mark, made the eye. Yeah, said, yeah. we got to make this happen. So we, we had it. And it was, he was supposed to do it in April. And he was coming. And then didn't didn't happen. And then I tried to get him even on this show. And he got yeah. to be week. And I said, Mark, can I just fly him in just to do anything, just a Q&A? I want to do something with Frankie. And it never happened. It was just so sad.
2: Yeah. 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 Oh, terrible. But you know yeah, what? I mean, I think they should get like uh – Cavazo, call us cavazzo back. His calls ain't doing anything. Yeah, you know, at least yeah, are, he one, one, one original member at least. You know, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. what you're going out is is just a, uh, you know, like a. It's almost like a tribute band. There, you know, there's Rudy, Rudy too. Rudy. Yeah, yeah Rudy. And it's Rudy. Oh, yeah. yeah, Rudy too. Rudy's. Rudy, it's gonna be. Go Rudy, go but Rudy's playing with um, guess who? Yeah, yeah. So,
3: yeah I so don't know who. Dates, Who's Rudy? Who's
1: Rudy playing with? Guess who? I don't know
3: who.
2: Oh, there you uh, go, <laughs>
1: Aben Costello, right there. There you
2: go.
1: I hey, told you. I. We
0: gotta, we gotta go now. But listen, yeah. we want to thank you so much. You've, you yeah. a
2: tremendous guest. That yeah, was today. great, great. I'm glad um, we got
3: you. Well, thanks Very for cool. the invite, guys. And uh, we're we'll all. We'll do connected. it. We'll
2: do it again. Yeah. And and, and
3: uh, Ron Isn't
1: said the checks. Check, uh, Ron said the checks in the mail. Oh, the and checks in, in the, the mail. mail. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what's going on with the mail these days, so who oh, knows? I, who I,
3: but but oh, yeah. I'd like to just mention that uh, for sure, this has not been a normal year for anybody. No. I, mean, no. I mean, the pandemic was enough to turn my head inside out, uh, you know, and then I had to lose my brother, which was yeah. uh, uh, awful. My, I, like I, I felt like hell. It, it it really destroyed me emotionally and physically. I was a wreck for a month. more. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. But, but the silver lining of the pandemic and, and, and what I've had to deal with is the outreach of all of the fans and yeah. us musicians all binding together and coming together at things like this. Yeah. You know, because we're all in it together. So I, 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 right. I, I thank you all. Yeah. I love the fans. Thank you for tuning in yeah. and all that you do. Ron, I hadn't met you before, but thanks for hanging in there for the music community. And, and you, you Apici, Apici guys, I love you.
1: <laughs> hey, at least you too, guys. Good. You guys pronounced your last name the same. Yes, we did.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah, we did. In, I right. was just glad they knew anything like Kulik, Kulik. I didn't care, really. You know, you guys get into it. This is totally
1: two different things.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, let me tell you something, Bruce. As a, as a rock and roll fan that I think I halfway know what I'm talking about, the Apice, Apice, uh, Apice thing is the hardest <laughs> thing in rock and roll bar none. Yeah, it is <laughs> it's the hardest thing. I'm telling Absolutely. you, even I get confused. Yeah. hey, everybody out there, make sure you share this. You like it. You do everything. Get all your friends on this. Artist lockdown. Yes, we're doing. Ron, who's next week? Next week, Mr. Kip Winger from all
2: Winger. Right. All right, yeah. you go. All right. Hey, hey, shout
1: um, out! Shout out to Mark Weber. Uh, yeah. Mark Weber. He was just on.
3: Mark Weber.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well,
1: thanks everybody for tuning in. Bruce, all the best of luck to
0: your brother. You. You're one of the good ones in out there, man. So all the best to you.
3: Can I mention my website? BruceKulik.com. Okay. Kulick.com. And my YouTube channel, Bruce Kulik. Go there. Subscribe. Click <laughs> the well, bell. Happy. Be happy.
2: What was it again?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was Carmine. Is it a piece? A, or PG, a, a piece. I'm, I'm a piece. A piece. Oh, it's a meatball. One meatball on her ring. That's what it's called. Okay, that's there, the there you go. one more meatball. Thanks, natural Connection. I right, see you guys. Bye, bye guys. Next. See you go guys.
2: Next next week.
3: Bye bye. You hey guys. Rock and roll.